Welcome to the Collective West podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to supporting young people in Melbourne's West. My name is Julia. And I'm Michael. In part two of this episode on mentorship, we take a deeper dive into our experiences of being mentors and some of the things that we've learned through mentoring others. How are you either paying it forward or paying it back mm. to sort of the next generation? Because now I think you're in a position to be mentoring people mm-hmm. and be even being a coach to others. Yeah. Um, great question. I, yeah, I've actually been doing a bit of everything really. Not so much as a coach, but definitely mentors to some people. Um, and in fact, we've been... Uh, you know, because of my business, I've actually gone back to university to run classes mm-hmm. um, or present and talk yep. about my journey in business or my journey in events management, production, whatever it is, or just like, um, yeah, leadership, that kind of area. So I've actually spoken to, over the last, you know, four or five years, a number of both primary schools uh, through to high schools across um, Victoria and then also universities. So that's kind of my, and I do it pro bono as well. So I just come in and, um, you know, run a two hour Mm -hmm. kind of class Mm -hmm. or uh, where possible, I might just do a speech, but depending on what it is. Um, And then at the end of it, I always offer the you know young people here's my email address if anyone wants to come and chat to me afterwards or email me or contact me um yeah feel free to and sometimes i actually do get oh really Mm. yeah it's really interesting to see because um i in my presentation i always talk about that um i always do an experiment with the young people as well (laughs) so so i come in and um so I come in at the beginning and I, I don't tell them anything about myself. Um, and I basically have a $10 note that I want to give away. And I say to the audience, I go, who has a gold coin in the room um, and is willing to come up here and talk to me for the first part of the presentation? Um, and I try to make it quite scary. And I'm like, no smiling, <laughs> you know, just being really stern. Um, and in exchange, you get the 10 bucks to yep. keep. Mm-hmm. And it's really fascinating, depending whether I do it, you know, in what kind of year level, like usually I start from like year 10 um, and through to year 12s and then uni students. Most of the time it's like crickets, right? Everyone is shit scared. They don't want to put their hand up. They don't know who I am and they're, basically just don't want to take that opportunity even though i make the mats i'm like this is a profitable you know opportunity right here i swear to god no strings attached you take my 10 bucks and you walk away with it after you say up here and answer some questions Mm -hmm. um and then most of the time there will only be about one or two kids that will be willing to put up their hands and go okay here's here's my gold coin and i bring them up and i ask them some really basic questions like you know what's your name can you tell the class what you're studying you know, etc. How are you feeling? Are you feeling comfortable? Are you nervous? What what is what's going on in your mind? And then they'll tell me, and then I go, okay, cool. Here's ten dollars. The transaction's done. I tell them to sit back down. And I always start by saying, you know, just in that scenario alone, like, oh, and then I actually bring out another ten dollars and I go, let's do it again. Who's willing to do it this time? And generally, most people mm. would put their hands up. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I've changed my mind. I don't want to give this out anymore. And so it's like just teaching everyone that idea of opportunities only come up once. Mm. And the fact that you've contemplated and you waited to see if someone else would do it, then you, you know, 
were willing to put mm. your hands up then, it's already too late. Mm. So it's actually for those people who are willing to put their hands up and say, yep, yeah, I'm going to take the opportunity, I'm going to run with it, mm-hmm. and I don't care what it is, um, that's you know going to be successful in their life in, in whatever you know scope they're trying to head yeah. into. And the idea of like getting them to give me that $2 uh, is that kind of you know mentality of like you have to always put something in in order to get something mm. out. And mm. most of the time, it's going to be bigger than what it is mm. that you've put in. So, you know, parting with two bucks and taking the, <laughs> you know, mm. moment of on stage with me is most of the time, um, you know, a lot more achievable mm. and you realize the bigger gain that you get out of it. So after I do that kind of experiment with them and then I go into my story, yada, yada, and at the end I tell them, you know, whoever wants to now take the opportunity to have a chat to me and take my email address and contact me afterwards, I'm, I'm an open book, I'm here. So I usually get a few people that contact me afterwards. So yeah, that's kind of like how I connect up with each other. And even on a business front, you know, a lot of um, young people who are just looking for an internship or... Um, volunteering opportunities even if we don't have that at the moment in JT um, I'll still be willing to kind of give them the time to just have a chat to them have a coffee if they're around that kind of thing so that's a really powerful way to start a to start a, <laughs> to start a session like that <laughs> yeah it's it's really fascinating to see people's responses yeah. how, many, how many times have you done that I've done it quite a few yeah uh, like probably yeah seven or eight times now so you've lost 80 bucks yeah yeah <laughs> Most of the time, the schools would be like, do you want to give, do you need me to give you back? And I was like, no, it's fine. Because I feel like, you know, like through my journey as well, I feel like I'm, I've, I'm now in a position to be able to part with that $10 and, yeah. you know, not starve. Of course. So I'm like, that's if that's my way of giving back and I can impact a, a whole room full of young people and hopefully that's a way for them to remember, um, then that's great. And I actually have proof of it. It's funny because I did that actually, the first time I did it was back at my old high school. Yeah. And that young girl who won the money, um, she, her dad owns a uh, Ethiopian coffee shop oh, in right. um, Footscray. And oh, I actually okay. came back into that coffee just randomly yeah, yeah. at least two years after. Yeah. for a, We were doing a festival in Footscray or whatever. Uh-huh. And then her dad um, recognized my name and was like, oh, my God. Were you that girl who gave my daughter the 10 bucks? And then I was like, what? And then she came out and she was like, oh, it's me. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, she yeah. actually really remembers it. And she, you know, she really oh, liked wow. it. So. What's she doing now? <laughs> I actually can't remember. I think she was still studying at the time. So she was finishing year 12. And she started her own events and management. Oh, I don't, I don't think she <laughs> <laughs> did that. But it was just, yeah, it was really nice to see it kind of come full circle. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Thanks. What story? <laughs> I was lost in there for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. I think that's such a powerful way to actually tell, well, to illustrate what I heard from that story was one, it demonstrates how you need to take and approach opportunities. Mm. That opportunities often require some sort of upfront investment. Yeah. And also a risk of embarrassing yourself. Yeah. Um, and worse, possibly. Yeah. But the payoff is yeah. huge. Yeah. And in that case, it was a very controlled and safe environment because you said, this is the payoff. Yeah. But I mean, often in life, you don't actually get to see the payoff. Yeah, until exactly. Until years, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you didn't see the feedback yeah. from that lesson. Yeah, that's very true. Two years later. <laughs> yeah. Until you happen to just walk into this store. <clears throat> yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that's an incredibly powerful yeah. way to demonstrate a lot of different lessons. Yeah. And I'm a, a big believer frame. in like taking hold of opportunities. Mm. And I think more and more, and this is, comes with the mentorship thing as well. It's like... 
you know, I just wish more young people would see the value in that. And yep. it's like, stuff the embarrassment, mm-hmm. you know, don't let yourself talk you out of the opportunity and just put your hand up and just do it, you know, mm-hmm. like most of the time, nothing's going to happen. Like, you know, do all depending on controlled yeah, <laughs> opportunities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't go trying, trying everything, but... <laughs> You know, like I, I definitely learned that through high school. It's just like put your hand out there. Wasn't good at sport, I'll do it anyway. Wasn't good mm. at science, I'll do it. Yeah, right. Sitting in a science competition, math competition, whatever it is, public yeah. speaking, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, just to kind of give it a go. And then you just take things out of it, you mm. know. And you've just, yeah, that's how you learn. But and then that's what I'm trying to do now as a mentor, if you like, is to kind of give that enthusiasm and that reasoning back to Mm. other people that i talk to and teach that lesson of opportunity yeah yeah Yeah. and you see that it's it's fascinating some people don't take Mm. it away Mm -hmm. um and that's fine you know it's not for everyone and Mm -hmm. then some people do and those who do um you know i I keep in contact with them and i check in and make sure that they're okay and stuff and then you know it's it's just interesting to see and you know it's kind of exciting as well because you're like of course Now I'm in the position to yeah, be teaching yeah, other people. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. So th- there was one sort of theme there is like the opportunity that you've got from mentors. You're now trying to impart that message mm. to people mm-hmm. that you're you're now mentoring. Yeah. Is there any other sort of messages you're trying to pass through to the next generation, so to speak? Oh, yeah. A few, depending on what kind of area you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think more generally is, yeah, definitely taking hold of opportunities. And then the other aspects like be brave, you know. Yeah. Um, I think especially in, uh, you know, people in our kind of area, Western suburbs or yeah. people with, you know, refugee families and things like that, you're always feeling like, and you're always being talked to mm-hmm. in this kind of thing of like, you know, you should feel privileged to be yeah. here, you know, or like you are disadvantaged because you live in this area mm. or because your parents came from, you know, on a boat or whatever. Um, but that shouldn't define you. And it's like that idea of like, just be brave, do what you really want to do and just kind of break the glass or whatever you, mm-hmm. whatever the saying yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm definitely one of them, you know, like I'm, like my family was in a financial position that was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knew that, and, you know, I was in a scholarship program and stuff like that, but I didn't want to be the doctor pathway, yep. the lawyer. I wasn't very good at math. So I was like, no way I'm going to be in accounting. <laughs> um, and then I'm like in this random interest of the arts and production. And that is so foreign to mm. my parents. Yeah. That's so foreign to the community. I was the only one in um, my high school who was into that kind of pathway. There wasn't even anything that like, didn't, we didn't even have theater at my school because that was how small we, yeah. the school was. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And then that's that mentality of just being brave and just being like, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to give it a go and just tackle it and, and see, you know, um, and it's my journey. So mm. I'll, I'll write it how I want to write it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I did, you know, and definitely those mentors along the way helped push me because there was doubts, you know, um, even down to, you know, my amazing, uh, she was my design and technology teacher in year 12. And I had that choice of going, I got offered scholarships of going down to do um, law um, or <laughs> law, business management. And then um, I think RMIT offered me to do business management or project management. Yeah. 
And then I had this random course at Melbourne Uni to do production. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, oh, you know, like, what do I do now? And then one of the two, the other two courses actually came with a scholarship too. So wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I had the choice of going, okay, financially burdened, tick, you know. (laughs) Don't have to pay for it. Um, doing something stable, uh, doing something that's known to the community, known to my family culture. Um, and then I, but I really, really had an inkling for production. Mm. And I remember my design and technology teacher after my interview, she texted me and she was like, you know, you just, just, just do what you really want to do. Um, don't worry about everyone else. Just take the risk. Just give it a go. Kind of thing. You're clearly good at it. You've got accepted. So let's just do it. And yeah, I, I consulted a few of my teachers who I would consider my mentor at the time. They were really caring. Um, and I was like, fuck it, I'll just do it. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I knocked back the, the scholarship mm-hmm. um, to do law, um, knocked back the RMIT courses and I went with Melbourne Uni. And my parents were like, cool. The rest is history. Don't know what you're doing, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to be at uni till 11 p.m.? I have no idea, but yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. So you really just took the road less traveled there. Yeah, I was just like... Not even the road less traveled. You just made your own road mm. as you were going. Mm. It was bizarre. Yeah. And when I got to uni, like the first couple of days of orientation mm. and stuff like that, I was like, man, this is weird. I'm the only Asian, um, <laughs> literally, in, this, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the course. I was the Asian. only Asian that's fresh out of high school, yeah. never seen theatre, and I remember walking around and I'm like, oh my God, this is so, so bizarre. And I was like, yeah. I clearly stick out like a sore thumb. I yeah. was like, probably should not be. <laughs> mm. But I'm like, nah, I'm really keen to learn. I'm going to do it. I've mm. already accepted it. So I'm going to give it a go. And um, yeah, I was always that annoying person in class who was like obsessive about my course. And yep. yeah, you know putting my hand up for opportunities, putting mm. my hand up to do extra production work where I can. and yeah, What's obviously paid off, paid off. Mm. very well. Thankfully. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> we'll end up having to go back to uni and do something else too. <laughs> yeah, right. So did you, were your parents supportive or was there some resistance from that choice? No, I'm, I, you know, like I love how you talk about your mum. Like my parents were amazing in that fact that they definitely had nothing mm. um working multiple jobs yeah. trying to you know make ends meet um but they were very supportive even though they had no idea like my dad drove me to the interview um because i vta course you have to do two interviews yep. he drove me there and had no idea what i was doing but i was like you know cool i'm just gonna go for it and dad was really excited and when i got the course and i actually showed them the option i was like here's my three options, you know, get paid to do my uni course and not have to have any debt, which is huge in a family. Yeah, of course. Um, do something that I know at RMIT um, or go and do this random course. They were like, it's in your hands. Oh, not once did yeah, they Jesus. say, That's great. you know, you should be this or mm. you should be that. And yeah. I'm very, very thankful for that. And it's like what you were saying before, how you're going to take those lessons from your mum and teach back to the kids. That's definitely what I would do if yeah. I ever to have a family. I'd be like just letting the child do what they want to do yeah. and discovering their journey for themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and there was resistance around, I guess, my uncles and aunties. You know, there was a lot of, culturally, they were like, oh, she's in an arts course. Mm. <laughs> you know, oh, great. 
uh, you know, was there no other courses to go into? That's why she's doing this. But my parents had really thick skin and they were being really brave for me. You yeah, know? that's crazy. Um, they were like, she wants to do this and we're going to support her. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because having to deal with those external expectations of who, who you should be and what you should mm. be doing would have been even more difficult yeah. to combat with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If definitely. you had that and then you still decided to go to VCA, for instance, mm. um, that would have been hard to deal with. Yeah, totally. Because you're constantly like doubting yourself. Yeah, you're being in yeah. conflict all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That. And, you know, in many ways I was, you know, there's definitely moments like I won't mm-hmm. say three years was glorious, like, yeah. you know, unicorns all the way through. But <laughs> there was moments where you're like, oh, you know, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. But like again it goes back to that mentorship i always had that particular person which we both know who was kind of very supportive along the way mm-hmm. um i was always asking for opportunities and you know and that's i think i don't know how it is for you but mentorship for me doesn't mean that it has to be a long relationship it could be a short burst as yeah. well um and that worked and through uni like some of my lecturers or the people that they bring in for production I had a great relationship with them and I actually asked them to sit down for coffee for lunch. Yeah, right. And they went and they were like, yeah, sure, sit down. And I would ask them, you know, as a nerdy, proactive kid, I was like, so what was your journey in like, you know, in the arts? And they would tell me and they would then connect me up, similar to what you're saying, connect you to the next person. And that's how I kind of learnt. And then the more, and I think this is the thing too, it's like the more you do it, the more you put yourself out there and practice those kind of skills of, asking and yeah. sitting down and uh-huh. having those conversations the easier it gets you know um you're less kind of freaking out you, you don't talk yourself out of it mm-hmm. you just kind of come in and do it yeah damn <laughs> we went on a red yeah no, that was great that was actually fantastic <laughs> how about you so <laughs> what you know um you're obviously still very young as well <laughs> hey, you're not that much older <laughs> But uh, do you mentor other people now? And if so, how do you how do you go about it? I think it's not maybe a formal relationship of mentoring, but mm-hmm. I am in a position with my job, for instance, mm. where there are I work in teams, and there will be associates that I'll be managing. Mm-hmm. So I think it just comes with the territory a little yeah. bit, where they're not only looking for me, to me for guidance on a specific project that we're working on together, mm-hmm. but also mentoring for how they can develop. Uh, mm-hmm. coaching for how they can improve themselves yeah. whatever it might be so it's very organic which is what i really like mm-hmm. so we've got an existing relationship and then there are pockets of being able to mentor and coach yeah and very similar to you it's just like some projects are short some are long so there's mm-hmm. opportunities for these shorter bursts mm-hmm. and very specific types of mentoring mm-hmm. obviously dependent on the context of the project yeah and then there are also opportunities for these longer bursts yeah of um mentoring opportunities and being able to Mm. uh, develop their skills Mm -hmm. so yeah it's been i still find it uncomfortable yeah quite honestly (laughs) because i feel like hold on i'm still i still need to be mentored here how am i supposed to mentor someone else so i still find that role of being a mentor and being a coach kind of uncomfortable Mm. and i don't know if i'll ever get out of that stage in the next couple of years but Mm. i still find it a bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but like you mentioned before, there is value in being sort of a peer mentor mm. that I'm sort of similar age mm. to them, very mm. close in age, very, mm. very similar experiences. And there's value in treating them as a peer mm-hmm. in the sense that, yes, I'm in a position of leadership, mm-hmm. 
but I'm treating everyone around me as if they were peers. Mm -hmm. I don't want to treat anyone below me as if they're below me or anyone above me as if they're above me. Mm. I want to treat everyone as peers. We're just in this journey together. Yeah. And at some stages, I can help you. Mm. And at other stages, we need to help each other. Yeah. I'm not going to know what I'm doing all the time. Yeah. Um, So I will need your help. Yeah. So treating them as peers has has taken a lot of pressure off Mm. off me. Mm -hmm. But it still has the essence of a mentorship and a coaching element to it. Mm. But we're doing it in a more equal way in mm-hmm. the sense that I get a lot of a lot of, a lot of just working with them, and mm-hmm. they would get a lot of just working. I hope. Mm. Yeah. Um, so having it has sort of that peer uh, peer mentorship relationship has been something that I've been active about cultivating mm. through my work. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a bit different. So it's, yeah. it, it takes it kind of takes you off that pedestal. Yeah. Yeah, because being a mentor, you know, whether you like it or not is sometimes one directional mm. so it goes one direction so yeah, yeah. the mentors that i have in my life i go to them for mm-hmm. advice mm-hmm. but they don't really come to me mm. for advice so mm-hmm. in my mind whether you know intentionally or not i've put them on a bit of a pedestal yeah. i've planted this person with a problem yeah and i need them to solve it yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally <laughs> right so yes, i put them on yes. this pedestal <laughs> and the, there's nothing wrong with that mm. role or that position if you have the capacity to do it mm. all the time Mm. when you're young and you're put up on that pedestal, it can be hard Mm. because it's like, well, you then put yourself in a position Mm -hmm. um, where you can't fail Mm. because what happens when you can't solve it? And you have to have the solution. Yeah, you fall off that pedestal. And the higher you're up on that pedestal, the further you have to fall in someone's mind at least. And that's just pressure that I don't want. I don't want to be on a pedestal. I want to treat everyone as a peer and we're just helping each other. Yeah. So I've been really active in taking myself off that mm. in that if someone comes to me for mentoring advice or wanting to be coached, I will be really active in a really genuine way of going to them mm. for the same thing. Mm. So they will have skills that I also mm. really want to mm. cultivate. That's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like that's a new approach in leadership as well. Like, I mean, we'll have another conversation about that altogether, mm-hmm. but it's a different approach in, in working together and collaborating and in, in approaching each other. It's fascinating. Yeah. Because, yeah, you definitely don't get that with some older generation. Yeah, I, I definitely think <laughs> so. And it, to say. For, for me, it's just like, I don't want that pressure. That's a lot of pressure to have. Yeah. Imagine if everyone in your life puts you on a pedestal. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Well, then who do you go to? Mm. And my, my favorite question is like, who helps the helper? Mm. But I love that you actually have the um what is it the ability to open up to take back feedback or take you know to go to that person to ask for advice and stuff as well because i feel like sometimes in our own ego (laughs) you it's like no i only teach you yeah not you know and then it's like you're not open to actually realizing that that person can teach you something back in return yeah and i feel like you definitely have that kind of level peer-to-peer kind of playing field um which some people might not have well i didn't have it at the start Mm. and i didn't like that because i felt it put a lot of pressure (laughs) then i'm like no there's a a different way to do this yeah and how interesting yeah yeah just having that yeah treating them as a peer really Uh and we're in this journey together yeah and then i I am at some stage gonna i'm I'm gonna mess up i'm not gonna Mm. know what i'm doing Mm. and i'm gonna come to you for advice Mm. and we're gonna have to problem solve this together Mm -hmm. and i never want to be in a position where i'm this lonely leader who has to solve Mm. everything Mm -hmm. um i want to be able to come to them with problems and have a shared Mm -hmm. problem and solve it together Mm -hmm. that way you build ownership that way you build buy-in um and you build a great culture really because you're showing that vulnerability of i don't know everything Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and I need to go back and actually be able to come to you with problems as well. Mm-hmm. And I think if more of our leaders did that, especially in politics, if they just said, look, we don't know a whole bunch about this disease yeah. or this virus, right? <laughs> We're just trying our best. We don't know how you know dangerous yeah. it is or who it's yeah. going to affect or what the factors are. Yeah. And if, just, if they just openly said that and said, we need your help to mm-hmm. help us solve this because we don't know it mm-hmm. either. Mm. And showing that level of vulnerability, and I think, you know, Brene Brown talks about this all the time, mm-hmm. builds that sort of two-way conversation. It builds that almost that psychological safety that we can have mm-hmm. a space where we just be open and honest. Mm-hmm. I think we just we just don't have that at the mm-hmm. moment. And this, I mean, this is more touching on leadership than mentorship, but I mm-hmm. think they're interrelated in, in many, yeah, many ways. Yeah, they are. I agree. But stay tuned <laughs> for a podcast on leadership. <laughs> That's it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. We really hope that you got a lot of value out of it. If you're interested in finding out more about what Julia and I do, you can find us at www.collectivewest.com.au. Look forward to hearing from you.